Hello. Today is Tuesday. Definitely a new episode here at the Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. We are at the Rwanshama Fish Landing Site in Uganda, at the shores of Lake Edward, one of the smallest African Great Lakes lying in the Western Rift Valley, shared between the Democratic Republic of Congo, DRC, and Uganda. Though existed since the 50s, there has not been a toilet or clean water. Fisheries and traders defecated at the wetland next to the lake. Fish was auctioned on a carpet laid on bare soil and sold off without cleaning. Fishing was unregulated, overfishing, use of inappropriate gears and methods, pollution and land degradation, so fish stocks dwindle over time. As a result, the conflict between DRC and Uganda fishers grew as demand for dwindling stocks increased. But two years ago, an 8.1 million US dollar grant from the Global Environmental Facility to the Nile Equatorial Lake Subsidiary Action Program, NALSAP, led to the construction of the modern fish landing facilities, one in Uganda and two in DRC, along the Lake Edward. NELSAP, through the Lakes Edward and Albert Integrated Management of Fisheries and Water Resources Management Project, LEAF2, constructed the fish handling facilities, equipped them with clean water, toilets and fisheries offices. DRC has also incorporated fish cooling facilities, a modern market and stores on their facilities. Additionally, fishing regulations were introduced not just in Uganda but in DRC as well. Only licensed fishers from both countries can fish with restricted fishing gears. I visited Ranshama Landing Site in Uganda to find out how improved sanitation and fish regulations has improved the fishing community's lives. <laughs> Meet Ahaboy Ali, a 37-year-old father of two from Ranshama village, a fish trader for over 10 years now. He just purchased fish from an auction. Ali told the Africa Climate Conversations that the fishers defecated at the nearby bush and the dirty fish reduced the cost of the fish. What challenges did he face as a trader? How did it impact his business? Because there was no water, then the fish was, was so dirty. The problem we got, obviously, market in a, there was a low market about the fish. Since, since it was that, eh, eh, then there was no usual market for that. Eh, even the customers, eh, the fish didn't attract the, the customer to come and buy the fish. Long ago, the fish was at around like fee trap, eh? mm-hmm. it was cost a lot. Two thousand five hundred, mm-hmm. but currently the fish is at three thousand five hundred. There was some diseases uh, like uh, cholera, and dysentery, because there was no, no, no water, the safe water. Eh? So the, the the community was hit How by uh, cholera and dysentery. They, they were using the bush. Yeah, so currently we have we have good fish because we wash the fish before we take it to the to the, to the fish processing. Mm. But currently we have we have we have got the the toilet which was built by Leaf Two Project. So people are now safe. There is a, 
market improvement. There is a, some improvement in the price. The price have changed. Yeah, the price have changed. Yes, people are coming from different districts. Even from this Kampala, they are coming to buy here fish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, currently it's like, like five, five to six cars coming to buy fish. Mm. Yeah, before there was one car. Before it was, it was uh, the fish was at around the 2,500, but currently the fish is, trapia is at 3,500. Mm -hmm. One yeah. piece? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which means there is some improvement, even the market. There is expansion of market for fish. There are more people. But the problem was not only dirty fish, but illegal fishing and conflict. It is a lovely ceremony when a boat arrives at the shores of the lake. Chants are made while women wait anxiously with their baskets. Mugisha Samuel, a 35-year-old father of four, has been fishing for 16 years now. Mugisha told the Africa Climate Conversations that regulations have resulted in a better catch. However, the Congolese still fish on the Ugandan waters illegally at night and the rebels, as of last month, abducted three Ugandan fishing boats. Fish catch had gone too low due to people using undersized nets and catching the young ones. I would get as low as five fish or none sometimes. Congolese would close to the Ugandan side, leading to conflict between Ugandan and Congolese fishers, as we Ugandans did not have a specific place to lay our fishnets on water to trap fish. Also, Congolese would be stealing our fishnets. Kidnappings of Ugandan fishers and their boats by rebels were very high, making it hard to fish. Three of my friends were kidnapped, taken to the forest, and eventually killed. With the forces patrolling the lake, they had managed to push back the Congolese. They are no longer interfering with our fishing during the day. The safety of fishnets has dramatically increased. The boundary is there, but the problem is that the Congolese now come at night and lay their nets on Ugandan waters. They still have small nets, which catch the young ones that we are trying to protect. The kidnappings have reduced, but as of last year, Three boats have been kidnapped. They are still there with their engines. DRC occupies 70% of Lake Edward waters. In DRC, Lake Edward is located within the Virunga National Park in North Kivu province. While in Uganda, it is located at the Queen Elizabeth National Park in Rukunjiri District, Western Uganda. However, the high population poor law enforcement and militia activities in DRC still contribute to illegal fishing in the lake. Joseph Matunguru, the DRC Leaf 2 National Project Coordinator and Fisheries Expert, explains. Edward is a small lake but more populated. Just in the DRC side we can find more than 100,000 inhabitants around the lake. All those populations are putting pressure on the fisheries. Most of them are election basis for politicians. Most of those are challenging also the governance of the fisheries. We have some fishing areas that are under militias control. Mm -hmm. There people don't access and it limits the fishing activities. That's the first uh, challenge. 
The second one, the law enforcement is not well being applied. This is why people use gears, illegal gears, crafts, and the other material which are not allowed. So when you combine the two challenges, it contributes to the reduction of the production in the DRC side. Whereas the DRC has a big portion of the lake, but due to the bad governance, due to the presence of some uh, militias in the fishing areas, people are now intent to cross border and try to fish in Uganda side where production is available, where security is. And this leads them to be arrested by Uganda Marine Force. But Matunguru says all is not lost. The LEAF 2 project has brought together marine teams from Uganda and DRC to patrol Lake Edward together to find strategies for a sustainable solution. But the project have, has been trying to address some of them with the official support by doing some uh, national patrols, routine patrols, provide uh, fuel and other equipment just to try to reduce the trends. Battles who have established what we call the joint patrols, which make together Uganda and the DRC teams, Marine Force. They try to plan together. They conduct patrols similarly. They coordinate and they evaluate together. The first phase was being conducted last time in March. We found some successful results. Uh, but we are now planning the second phase during the July. Uh, at the time of talking, we have planned a national meeting, just which is an internal occasion for us to assess internal issues before now doing a virtual meeting with Ugandan side and plan the dates, the areas, the strategy, and the time for the next phase of joint patrol. This is what we are trying to do in conjunction with Uganda under NELSAP leadership. Back in Uganda, the Rwanshama community has found sustainable ways to manage the facility. Ananias Mutambazi, the fisheries officer at the Rwanshama landing site, explains how. We have the committee uh, which collects some money from the fishing community. Mm-hmm. Because the committee is comprised of all representatives like fishermen, it also has the barriers. It holds the fish traders uh, and all those when they are combined together. So the community sat and decided on a certain amount of fee per fisherman or per trader per day. The brokers, they pay 300 each per day. Then uh, the boat owners or the fishermen, they pay around uh, around 1,000. Then we also have wheelbarrow pushers. These who push wheelbarrows yeah. taking it to people's structures, people's mm. houses, mm. they pay around 2000 in a month. So at the end of the month, they accumulate that money and be able to pay bills. They are also they get to pay the people who clean the area, who have the laborers who are also paid monthly. So the money comes out of the community. Also, lessons from the past are informing development decisions for Ali and 13 of his colleagues. Since the, the government brought in the UPDF, the UPDF is fighting illegal fishing. So the fish have got a chance to increase in size. 
we are now catching good good one. We as a community, even our life has changed, because at least people can work, save at some money for their lives. Me myself, I'm a chairman of Reshama Youth Poultry Keeping and the Goat Rearing. It was supposed by Leaf Two Project. It's now three years. So as a group, we make sure every member of the group has a goat. Mm-hmm. We save weekly. It depends each member how, how many shares he or she wants. If he wants five shares, then he can save 5,000. Because each share is at 1,000. A member can borrow and go and buy what? A goat. We pay monthly. If somebody takes like 300, eh? then he can bring back like 3,000 a month. Uh-huh. Our purpose is to, to have a goat in our, in, our, in our home. It's one of the way to improve our lives. We have a welfare fund. If somebody have an emergency, then we can, can, we can give, give that, that money of uh-huh. welfare fund. We started the group because the business of fishing, it was nearly, it was completely off. So we decided to channel business so that even if we rear goats, at least we can improve on our, our lives. And that is all we have for you today. Next week we will be in Kenya. Look out for that new episode next week on Tuesday. Remember, if you need us to tell the world what you're doing, please talk to us through info at africaclimateconversations.com. In the meantime, please listen to other episodes through Spotify, Google, Apple, any other podcast channel you access your podcast from and our website www.africaclimateconversations.com and please do not hesitate to share. I wish you a lovely week ahead. Until next week on Tuesday, Kwaheri, my name is Sophie Mbokwa.